Hey everybody, uh, this is Victory Outdoors podcast, episode one. Uh, so we're kicking this thing off. This is uh, all kind of new to us. Uh, we're not new to podcasts by any means, but uh, we're new to doing one that is our own podcast. We're used to being like a host. Uh, Ian's been on a couple of podcasts. I've been on. A, I've been a guest on a couple of podcasts, um, and so basically. Uh, and I don't know, Dennis, have you ever been on a podcast before? No, this is my first one. Uh, sweet, sweet. So, uh, but hey, uh, you know, I'm just going to first start out by, you know, introducing you guys a little bit to what, what is Victory Outdoors and just kind of give you a quick overview. Um, I founded Victory Outdoors back in 2012. Um, it started out as a uh, blog. And um, so for all those of you out there listening, I mean, it's kind of an evolution. Um, we, we started out as a blog. We quickly became a, a YouTube-based uh, uh, web show. Um, and then over the years, we grew into uh, basically a full-blown um, web show. Uh, we were not only on um, you know, Carbon TV, uh, we started uh, being featured on other digital platforms like Waypoint, uh, Mossy Oak Go, uh, as well as some others. And uh, so last year we made the jump into, uh, you know, linear TV um, for, that's a fancy name, or maybe not a fancy name, but just another name for uh, national broadcast TV. So we were on the Pursuit Channel last year, had a full, regular, half-hour type show. Um, and so that's kind of a quick overview of kind of where we've started and where we came to. Um, over the years, uh, because of our evolution and that kind of stuff, we've had you know team members come and go, but we've got a team of uh, you know ten or eleven people that um, you know we're basically focused mostly on killing you know big Iowa whitetails. Uh, we make time for everything else. Uh, you know we do do a lot of turkey hunting in the spring. Um, we make some we make some uh, hunting trips you know out west. Um, uh, elk hunts, antelope, uh, mule deer, occasionally bear hunts here and there. Uh, but uh, man, you know, honestly, like uh, the one thing that's really unique about our format for our show, and I'll, I'll let Ian explain that a little bit more, but uh, he's kind of the mastermind behind uh, uh, that part of it. But, um, you know, like our shows, uh, there's no host, you know, like you usually think of there's a, a, a host episode to episode. And so we do have a host, but it's always, um, you know, the subject of the, the actual episode. So, um, you know, Dennis, uh, if it happens to be his hunt that we're sharing with everybody, then Dennis is the host. Um, wow, my light just freaked out. Um, okay, we're just going to shut that off. Um, anyway... Uh, so, um, for those of you that aren't watching video, I just had a light flashing off to my left. But uh, uh, at any rate, what we're what we're looking at is uh, Victory Outdoors. Basically, you know, we we grew, and um, uh, you know, so each each hunter, you know, it, it, you know, their episode, they're the host. They're telling the story. They're sharing the story um, with the viewer. And so, what we're really trying to do there is be able to tell that whole obsession so you know uh and it's a little different for everybody you know you know jake reed he's one of our team members he likes to shoot a lot of 3d archery and that really you know is a main part 
um, of his archery obsession that, that spills over into the archery woods and chasing deer uh, and turkeys for that matter. Um, and then, you know, uh, with, with me, uh, I have a young family, so uh, my wife and my kids uh, join me, um, you know, in the woods. And so that, that's part of my story. Um, as well as I love doing food plots, I love doing, you know, uh, trail cameras and that kind of stuff. Um, Dennis and I do a lot of hunting together uh, throughout the years. I've hunted a lot with Ian throughout the years. Um, and uh, so everybody kind of just has their own story. And that's kind of what Victory Outdoors is about. Just getting to be able to tell, you know, what what the story is about that particular hunt. You know, um, you know, you know. It might have been something that spanned several months, or it might have been just a trip, you know, out west. So Ian, myself, uh, and and my next door neighbor and my father-in-law, we the four of us went on a Wyoming antelope hunt, you know, this fall, and um, you know that that's going to be you know a story in itself, right? Uh, but with that, you know, uh, I mean, you know, we're just you know with this podcast, we kind of plan on you know allowing. Um, you know, another way for us to reach out to uh, all of you out there and, you know, for us to share knowledge, but then just share, you know, fun hunting stories um, and all that kind of fun stuff, you know, like kind of what, whatever we're up to. Um, so we'll rotate this around. Um, we'll have guests on uh, from the outdoor industry, um, you know, other people that are experts in their field, whether that's, um, you know, predator hunting, or turkey hunting uh, or whatever the case may be we're going to bring on you know some guests that uh you know we'll be able to share stuff that maybe you know none of our team members are experts on but then uh, you know our our team members have you know different <clears throat> things that they're experts in you know i mean you know ian's got a lot of things that uh um you know he can share about um you know like his his day job you know and, and what he does uh with uh, land acquisitions and and real estate and that kind of stuff, you know, he might be able to share, you know, in a podcast episode, uh, the do's and don'ts when it comes to uh, dipping your toe into, uh, you know, land ownership, you know, and even if you're just getting started and looking, you know, so that's something that Ian might bring to the table. And and Dennis, he's kind of our uh, resident expert when it comes to shed hunting. I mean, we've got a lot of those. I guess a lot of the guys are pretty pretty dang good at shed hunting. I am not uh, at all. So it's not my forte. Uh, I guess you got to go look, but you know, I, um, kind of one of my strong suits is uh, turkey calling. So, um, I am, uh, I love doing that. Uh, I love competing in turkey call competitions. And then I just love competing in the turkey calling woods, you know, and, and calling against the real judges, the turkeys. So that's something that, um, you know, I'm sure you guys will hear me talk about, you know, in the future, in one of our future episodes, but just kind of get an introduction of kind of what's going on and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, with that, I'll kind of probably stop there and maybe we'll just get into this podcast episode and just start talking. But, uh, you know, Ian, what have you been up to today? So today, um, honestly, today, you know, this morning it was raining and a snowy mix. And man, I'll tell you what, honestly, I wanted to get out shed hunting all day. Uh, that's my absolute favorite time to get out. You know, those overcast days, um, you know, those, those antlers really pop when you're walking, you know. Uh, instead of those bright sunny days, man, it gets hard to kind of see them. But on overcast days, it's my absolute favorite time to be out there. Uh, I'd love to be out there all day if possible. Um, but yeah, you put some miles on, and you'll find the piles. Uh, but uh, today, though, otherwise, man, just 
working away in the real estate side of things. Um, I, have, I have a client in from California, and um, he purchased a, a nice 160-acre farm or so, probably actually 170-acre farm here this last fall um, with a couple lodges on it, and they're going to be running an outfitting business out of it. And um, I've been down here just working with him on some ideas um, for the lodges and stuff, some updates, things like that, and um, and just talking to them about, you know, food plots and, and whatnot on the on the farms um, and potential shed hunts here in the future. Um, but, you know, all in all day, otherwise, I've uh, um, been talking with clients, writing offers and stuff on some properties and acreages and, and uh, things like that. So just... A normal day in paradise for me. Um, I just, you never, I never know when I'm going to be working, where I'm going to be working. Um, you know, just because I, I work for myself doesn't mean, you know, I have a lot of time off. Because I mean, you know, when we're recording this, it's it's later in the evening right now, and and uh, I still got plenty of work yet to do tonight. And it's not a regular nine to five job uh, doing real estate. I can assure you that. Hey, uh, Manny, and that brings up a good point. Um, not only are you a small business owner, but uh, Dennis is too. And I hit that hit that on one of our episodes um, on Victory Outdoors. You know, I talked about how when Dennis and I are hunting together, I take time away from my job, but I have you know the luxury of being able to take you know leave with pay in the spring and in the fall when I'm hunting. And, but for you guys, when you guys take time away from your business, being you know small business owners. That's, that's money out of your pocket, you know, because any time that's spent away from the business, you know, I mean, that could be, you could be making money, uh, you know, so you're, cho you're choosing to, you know, take, take a step back and, and, and spend a little time, you know, quality time in the woods, right? I mean, it's not like we don't love what we're doing, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, and it's not always about the money, but, uh, you know, I mean, you gotta, you gotta, got to keep uh mama and the kids happy so um dennis tell us a little bit about uh what you do and, and kind of what what drives your outdoor uh, uh your outdoor passions yeah um so i'm dennis Hensley and i do uh concrete coating so like your garage floor stain and seal polish concrete all your substrate concrete needs um we do about everything so um curtis said about as good as anybody you know as a business owner you know, we get that time that's without pay to go out and do what we want. But, you know, a lesson learned for me is, you know, I kind of went through and seen from last year, I kind of took too much time off and kind of seen that, you know, I needed to be more at my business and everything. So um, it's one of those things, you know, it's, it's, it's a nice thing to do to be able to be a business owner, but also as well as when you're off, it's just, it's money out of your pocket. And, you know, I kind of didn't see that until last year. And I was like, you know, I need to get back to work. So this year I'm going to try to take less time off. Um, I actually just finished up a job this year. Um, actually yesterday it was, and then today we had another job I finished up and, um, you know, shed season, I was already last year shed hunting every day of the week, every day of the weekday, weekend, everything. And, you know, losing sight of my business a little bit because I was, I'm a diehard, you know, outdoorsman. I love the outdoors. So, um, this year I'm kind of only doing it when I can, I'm being more, interactive with my guys in the field um, priorities first right so um, tomorrow we have the day off so I'm lucky enough to go out tomorrow and do some shed hunting and then I got volleyball tournament this weekend with my daughter you know kids always come first our families do so I'm gonna go enjoy that with her and uh, and then Sunday I'll probably try to get a chance before the Super Bowl so um, it's perfect you know last week I went out a little bit it was tough because there was a lot of snow in areas but we've had some nice weather here in Iowa this week 
Um, was a little scared when I woke up this morning and seen the flurries, but it looked like everything melted and dissipated before it even hit the ground. So I'm excited because I can hit some areas I didn't be able to hit last week that were covered in snow. So I'm pretty excited to go in and hit kind of the majority as the timbers. That was a tough thing last week. So I'm going to go out tomorrow and hit some timber and hopefully I can find some of these new hit list, new bucks that's moved in the area for 2023 coming season. And you know, a lot of people don't understand, but us outdoorsmen that take it to the next extent, which is us three and part of the team on Victory Outdoors, you know, all of us are pretty serious about this. And, you know, it's it's a full-time job itself, if you really look at it, because we start, you know, early spring, late winter of preparation by shed hunting and seeing what upcoming bucks are going to be here for 2023, that upcoming season, you know. And then also we go straight into turkey season. Once turkey season's done, we're all busy out there putting our reveals and, you know, getting that uh, – food plot set ready for the spring and stuff. And then it even goes into fall when it comes to tree stands and more reveals. And then also, you know, fall plots and then it's straight into hunting. So there's not a lot of time off, especially for us three dads here. So, um, you know, it takes a lot of preparation to be successful. And it's one of those things, you know, you got to take time away from the kids and we're all fortunate that we have wonderful wives to give us the opportunity to do that. And, you know, some of our wives are even involved in the outdoors as well with us. So it's just a, uh, you know, it's one of those things that, like I said, we just, uh, it's a non ongoing process for us. Yeah, it, it's, it's been pretty amazing on how uh, Victory Outdoors has continued to just kind of grow and evolve over time, you know, and, and you know, this, this podcast in itself is, is kind of going to be, you know, kind of a, an evolution. Um, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, as I said before, we're going to, we're going to kind of, you know, trade in and out um, team members, uh, you know, like the nice thing about it is, is if, if I can't make it, um, you know, one night, you know, if I have a commitment, you know, family commitment, you know, work commitment, whatever the case may be, you know, then, um, you know, one of the other team members will step up and, and fill in and, and, you know, we'll just keep it right on rolling. But we're hoping that we're going to be able to do this uh, weekly. Um, try to put out a weekly podcast. We're going to keep them, you know, relatively short um, because, uh, you know, I mean, honestly, like I, I, I love like really, really lengthy podcasts at times, but for the most time with me just having a busy life and that kind of stuff, like I kind of like listening to a podcast that's about, you know, an hour, you know, maybe an hour and 10 minutes, um, you know, too much longer than that and then it's like I, I just got too much other stuff to do so yeah i just don't have enough time to just devote to that so uh, i'm kind of you know thinking along those lines and just the busy lifestyle that everybody has these days you know i mean we look at our episodes and our episodes are kind of you know geared that way too um you know yeah i talked about the fact that we have our full length uh half hour shows but we also uh, are you know the what we were born and bred on you know is is the shows that went from um you know the shows that went from you know uh started out at you know eight minutes to to 10 minutes to 15 minutes and that kind of stuff so um you know that's kind of where uh things are evolving to and you know that is that a attention span of everybody on social media just gets shorter and shorter and shorter so um, yeah, we're excited, uh, and, um, you know, I'm definitely hoping that, um, I'm going to get out, you know, Dennis, uh, mentioned like before the, uh, the Super Bowl, um, I'm going to try to do the same thing. I'm going to try to hopefully, uh, um, 
you know, get out uh, that morning before, probably take the kids and, and the wife with, um, and see if the four of us uh, can't get out uh, and, and find some sheds. So, um, you know, Natalie's going to be uh, at her dad's until the afternoon. So that's my stepdaughter. And so the two younger kids, uh, Alex and Bristol, uh, we're going to strap them on our back and, and just do a little walking and see if we can't find a few sheds. And I will tell you this, I'll be the first to admit, um, I, I kind of mentioned earlier that I'm not the greatest at shed hunting, but my wife is actually better than I am at shed hunting. And, uh, and my stepdaughter, Natalie, I mean, um, they've both, uh, you know, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just that they're shorter. I'll probably get in trouble for saying that, but um, closer to the ground, they can see them better. I don't know. Um, I'm over six foot tall, so I guess that'll be my excuse. I'll just say that I, I that I'm further away from them. But uh, no, I, I mean it's just it's it's a way to spend time in the outdoors. Um, it is going to be kind of nice this weekend, uh, you know. And, and when I say kind of nice for you folks that are in the southern U.S., that means. That means like 40 degrees in Iowa is kind of nice for this time of year. It's February. It could easily be, uh, you know, uh, in the negatives um, and definitely below freezing is pretty common in February. But yeah, for the last week or so, it's been uh, 40, 50 degrees. Uh, so I'm sure some guys have been getting out, um, getting in the woods, uh, you know, looking for sheds. Um, but yeah, we're going to do a little bit of searching uh on on the main lease that uh, carrie and i hunt uh dennis is uh you know hunted that as well with us um and then uh you know i, I think uh hopefully if with any kind of luck we'll find some um but kind of along those lines uh you know this time of the year it's actually getting um you know close to that deer classic man and uh the deer classic is the first week um in march every year uh here in des moines iowa and uh, so the Iowa Deer Classic is literally one of the largest consumer deer shows uh, in the entire United States. So in three days, they will put over uh, 25,000 people through that show. And that's even in a bad year. In a good year, they'll, they'll approach 30,000 people. So, um, you know, we've had a booth there for the last several years. I think about four years or so uh, running, we've had a booth there. I've been involved with the Deer Classic doing seminars, um, running a turkey calling contest on Sunday for them for over 10 years. Uh, and, and just over the last four years, you know, for Victor Outdoors, we've had a booth there. And uh, we're on the main floor in the 300 aisle. Um, you know, we're going to have a, a brand new booth. It's, uh, it's um, just absolutely beautiful. Uh, Dennis has been kind of, uh, you know, making a few changes to the booth and, and tweaking it and um you know keaton made a uh, an amazing booth bar for us last year which is in front of the booth and then he he added uh, two pedestal mounts to the sides and so we're gonna have some fantastic deer there so one of the really unique things about our booth that we have each year for the last four years we have deer uh, mounts that are in our booth and every year those deer mounts um are harvests from the previous previous year and so they're they're deer that you're going to see on our upcoming episodes um and you know i think that's kind of unique it's something that you know we can sit there and we can say hey these are you know some of the biggest deer that we killed this last um fall uh you know and we'll probably have 
Well, what do we what do we decide about six deer um, in, yeah, in the booth six. this year? Yeah, yeah. So um, Dennis has got a big one that he's going to have on one of the pedestal mounts. Um, uh, what do you, what do you nickname that deer? Uh, Powerball. So yeah. I'm kind of the story behind that. I nicknamed him Powerball because he's the first time I've ever had a trail cam pick of a drop time buck. Then also, um, you know, to me, that's like getting the lottery. So um, it was an awesome end of the story. And I uh, can't wait for you guys all to check it out online or the Deer Classic. It's a pretty cool buck. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an amazing deer. Um, it was fun to watch that deer. It was, it was kind of funny uh, after Dennis shot him, he and I were hunting together and we were looking at our trail cam photos pulled up the reveal app we're kind of scrolling through it and he's like and, and powerball was so regular on that farm we would get him every couple of days on a camera somewhere on the farm it's probably why we killed him but um you know what was really cool about it is dennis was like huh i kind of miss seeing powerball it's like it was kind of that bittersweet ending to that story that that uh you know it was like we were super happy that you know Dennis got the opportunity to harvest that deer, and it was and it was an amazing deer at that. But it was bittersweet in the fact that it was like, well, dang, now he doesn't show up on our in our reveal feed. You know, we're scrolling through the feed and we're not seeing him. Now there were some other great deer. Don't get me wrong uh, on that farm, and, and Dennis will tell that story when the time's right. But uh, um, yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. And then um, you know. We'll have we'll have uh, Zach Geeth on. Um, he's a longtime uh, team member. Zach, I mean, he and I go back to college wrestling. So he and I were college roommates. We wrestled on the Upper Iowa wrestling team, um, and uh, you know I've known him for a long time. But he's been an original team member uh, since since the beginning, uh, and he killed. Uh, he broke the 200 mark this year so he killed a 210 inch giant out of western iowa that deer will be in the booth this year um and then uh ian why don't you tell them what what you're gonna have in the booth i was gonna say you can't start out with a 200 inch deer and then come back down to my little date <laughs> <laughs> i shot a i shot a great 10 uh 10 point uh the slate muzzleloader that i had uh uh some history with him last couple of years um he was a five-year-old um at three years old um we, we i watched him chasing does a lot and stuff and knew he'd be decent and then um you know at four uh it's kind of a cool story i all kinds of photos of him but i was after a different deer uh that we called bucket list it was really cool uh, he had a big drop time too and uh it actually uh, Jake Goodwin, Goody, he's on the team on Victory, and he uh, he actually shot through the side of my blind at him with his bow and missed him. And uh, then finally this year, um, caught up with him. Uh, I think it was January third. So he was uh, he was right at uh, 167 is what he went as a 10. So uh, he's got really cool nine inch brows, tall brows, great mass, just a great deer. Uh, but I hunted him. I mean. Uh, he tested me because uh, the neighbors were also hunting him. So he's definitely feeling the pressure. I knew either the neighbors or myself would get him. Uh, I worked with neighbors. They were great people. We knew one of us would get him at some point, and uh, we'd text each other if someone killed or not. And, and uh, I managed to get him. But, man, I had to sit through some of those 
negative 30, negative 40 wind chill that we had, I sat next to a freaking log pile and froze my, I mean, I, no blind or anything, but all I could see is my little eye sticking yeah. through like a, a face mask, my eyelashes and everything are frozen. Yeah, I remember getting a Snapchat from you, Ian, and all it was was you covered in snow sitting on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but that, that story's going to be really cool because I'll just say, like what I can say, I had him at 10 yards and couldn't get him killed. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know how that ended because obviously he's going to be in the booth. So we, we know yep. we know you were successful. So that's awesome. And, yep. uh, you know, I, I, I can't help but, you know, point out the fact that, you know, you just called a 167-inch deer a dink. Um, so, I mean, only in Iowa, right? Right. Like that only happens in Iowa. Like just, I mean, don't, don't crucify Ian on the, on the socials, uh, for that. Um, but I mean, I mean, that's the crazy thing. We are certainly blessed here in Iowa. Uh, I mean, obviously not everybody. I mean, the Midwest is great. Don't get me wrong. Kansas, Missouri, you know, Wisconsin, um, Illinois, uh, obviously have great deer herds, but you know, there's something special about Iowa. We, we do realize that we understand that we're, we're in Iowa. Um, we are chasing, you know, you know, huge, you know, deer, um, compared to the rest of the country. Um, but I will say this, it, it is harder than Ian makes it appear. Um, like 160, just to give you an idea, I've hunted, you know, for, uh, over 20 years, I've bow hunted in Iowa and I have yet to kill uh, break 165 uh, with archery equipment. So, I mean, um, you know, to me, that would still be a personal best. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I, I mean, don't feel bad about, about that, Ian. I mean, I got a 155 inch Euro mount this year. So, I mean, I, I, a super mature five and a half year old deer. Um, and, you know, uh, I'm going to cut you off. And then, in the fact, when you have to euro 155 inch deer because you got too many deer on the wall, that's yeah. a, that's another thing you got to kind of put. Yeah, out. exactly. I know, right? <laughs> I know. I know. I, I I thought about that too. I was like, I just there's no way my wife is gonna let me put this deer on the wall. Like, don't get me wrong, he's impressive, but you know, he's a he's a few inches bigger than the last one, last shoulder mount I I did. Um, he is a solid nine pointer. Yeah. He's 155 as a nine pointer. He's got great mass. He's a five and a half year old deer, um, that, uh, he was really probably the, one of the most mature deer on that, that farm. Um, we had maybe one other deer that I had a, an encounter with that was, you know, as old, um, as mature. Um, the other deer, um, were, you know, were probably, you know, four-year-olds and three-year-olds. I had a really, really cool encounter with a three-year-old that, um, you know, is probably a upper 140s 10-pointer um, that it, it, I hope is going to just be a slammer next year. I, you know, but he, he's only going to be four. So, um, but you and never I, know. I, like, we've got some three-year-olds. Like, we, you know, Dennis will tell this story later, but, you know, um, we have the sheds from Powerball from last year. He did not have a drop tine, and uh, he put on uh, 30 or 40 inches. I mean, he just, he he exploded into this, you know, literally a lottery, you know, lottery mm -hmm. pick, right? You know I mean? You know, you felt like you won the lottery if you were even going to have that deer on your farm, let alone kill him. And, 
yeah, I mean, ended up uh, ended up getting it done. But um, yeah, I mean, that's that's what's so cool about that. It's like, yeah, we're gonna pick up these sheds, but we're really not gonna know until we start getting those reveal cell cam picks in, you know, in you know, you know, July and August, and then you really know what you got and start to know what you're gonna start formulating. What you know, where are we gonna hunt? What deer are we gonna spend our time really focused in on? Yeah, and I, yeah. I kind of want to hit on something, Kurt. What I mean, you were talking about it. You know, when it comes to age structure for these deer, you know, I know we we've talked about it before on some of their episodes and stuff. But most of the farms we're hunting are permission-based farms. Yeah. You know, you guys happen to pick up a lease the last handful of years here, uh, and it's been going great for the most part. None of us own farms. We don't. You know, we we might lease a couple farms. I know Ty leases a couple. Um, Drexel in town had one. Um, yep. I at least one this year that I never even hunted because I was having better hunting on my, the permission-based farms. Yep. Uh, but you know we're we're getting along with other hunters, putting in the legwork just like the average Joe. Some of us are hunting public, um, the whole nine yards, man. It's and 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 getting a deer to get to that five year, four or five year old, you know, age class. It's 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 hard. Um, you know, in one of the previous episodes, you know, I killed fair game. That buck, he was an eight and a half year old, and I mean, I can't even—I don't even know how many guys were hunting that deer, uh, or were hunting Fair in that way. area within half a mile there. I bet you there were a dozen people hunting. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, and I mean that thing—that deer was—you um, know—we multiple te- people on the team were after him. That's kind of why he got his name, Fair yeah. Game. Yeah. You know, I mean, me and Ian saw him hunting together when you know I had my bow in my hand. Um, you know, I mean, I, I don't, I can't remember if Ian did too or not. I can't, I honestly don't remember yep. if we were both hunting that day or not, but, uh, we definitely saw him, you know, Goody missed him with the rifle. Um, you know, I, I feel bad. Like, I feel like we're always talking about how Goody's missing deer and then you go in and kill him. But... <laughs> yep. yep. Sorry, Goody. <laughs> no, Sorry, <good>. buddy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, he's a good hunter in his own yes. right. He, he had a, he had an awesome he had an yeah. awesome uh, uh, a hunt this year. He's gonna he I think oh. he'll probably have one of his bucks there uh, in, at at the at the Deer Classic um, in our booth. Uh, you know another deer that should or, or another animal I should say that'll be there will be something different that we never had before. Um, but I mentioned uh, earlier that Ian and I went on a antelope hunt to Wyoming and and Ian definitely killed the biggest antelope and and so he's got a shoulder mount of that and. Um, gonna have that ready for the classic as well so uh, we'll have something a little different there but uh, yeah mostly what we do is, is we focus on big Iowa whitetails but um, you know occasionally we jump out west and do something different I'm I'm actually gonna go on a on my first ever um, you know uh, backwoods uh, elk hunt so I'm gonna you know backpack in stay out you know for a couple of days and hunt I'm gonna take my father-in-law with me um, you know, I kind of set out on this quest, uh, back last August to get myself in shape so that I can go into this hunt in the best shape of my life. Um, and, and so that's, you know, over a year in the making already. Um, and so hopefully this fall, I mean, success to me is just having a quality time, um, out there and, and spending, uh, you know, you know, some, some good time learning about elk hunting. 
Um, and, 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 you know, I'm going to take any legal animal I can. So if that means I end up shooting a cow, I, I am because I want that experience uh, of killing an animal with my bow and then packing it out of the mountains. Um, you know, I, I feel like, uh, you know, you know, I mean, we got to live in the moment, but I feel like uh, I have the rest of my life to kill, you know, that mature bull. Um, but I really want to make sure that, uh, you know, that I get that opportunity to pack an animal out. So if I get an opportunity to cow, I'll probably take that um, and, and, you know, get that, you know, get that checked off my list. And then I'll move on to, you know, you know, kind of stair stepping those goals uh, and start building on those goals and, and you know, that kind of stuff. And, um, It'll be my first, uh, you know, out west hunt with a with archery equipment. Uh, and when I mean out west, I mean further west than um, uh, Nebraska. I did go out and uh, chase antelope with my bow out in Nebraska, um, but uh, this will be, uh, you know, Colorado and, and and chasing elk in the mountains. So I'm excited for that. Um, I'm sure I'll talk about that more over the next, you know eight months you know as we kind of approach that but um you know maybe i'll i'll share some of that uh, kind of my preparations for that but i mean man i'm i'm a huge proponent of being prepared um and, and not just elk hunting you know it's it's everything it's it's everyday life um type of thing and you know i was more prepared this deer season than i ever have been before um you know on all levels i mean just you know whether it was being in shape whether it was um you know, having the food plots and, and Dennis, I leaned on him a lot for that, but uh, we got out and put in the work and got the tree stands hung. And, um, you know, I mean, it was, it was a lot of, it was a lot of days working, um, you know, to get prepared. And then I shot my bow more than I ever have. Um, well, I shouldn't say more than I ever have. I shot my bow daily um, for probably 40 days leading up to uh, the Iowa bow opener and then I continued to shoot it daily and um, so it's not that I hadn't done that in the past um, but I hadn't done it in the recent past so I had kind of gotten away from shooting my bow daily and and so I just got into that habit and so I started setting these habitual things you know it started out with working out and then I was getting up at 4 30 in the morning working out every day and then I was shooting my bow and then I was reading my Bible and so I, I just started doing those things and, it, and at first I had motivation to do it, but then it ultimately became discipline. Um, it ultimately, if you're going to continue to do something, it's easy to get motivated and do it for a week. Um, but it's harder to stay disciplined and do it, you know, you know, perpetually just, just continue to do it. And, it. and you know what, if you get on a streak and you're like, yeah, I've done it for 45 days. And then for whatever reason, you miss a day, start that streak over. You know, it's like um, a lot of people, they miss a day and all, oh, I broke the streak and then they don't do it the next day and then they don't do it the next day and then they, they can never get started again. It's, you know, it's just one of those things like um, put it out of your mind, start a new streak. And then as soon as you got, you know, four or five days and then you just keep building it and before you know it, it's crazy. Like, especially the working out thing, it was mind boggling, like um, to go from, thinking that working out daily was something that I could never really have the discipline to do. And then all of a sudden, like I found myself and I'm like 45 days in and I'm like, how did I even get here? Like, uh, 
But, you know, I mean, I mean, inevitably there was times where it's like um, I'd miss a day here or there for whatever reason, whether it was work. I, I couldn't, you know, I had to be to work early. And so that that derailed it. So I couldn't maybe get my workout in or maybe it was family obligations or maybe it was simply hunting trips. You know, I mean, it got harder uh, as I got into November. The thing that really derailed me uh, in season was um, dealing with... Uh, daylight savings time so i could actually get my workouts in before i hunted i would wake up still at 4 30 be able to get my workout in like i always had before work and then i'd still be able to go bow hunting in the morning but then as soon as daylight savings time hit and i was getting up an entire hour earlier to go hunt i had to be out the door an hour earlier to get to the tree stand on time then all of a sudden uh it was uh, it would have meant i would have had to get up at 3 30 and it and you know, for whatever reason, I was like, yeah, I'm not willing to do that. Um, and, and I do think sleep is important. I mean, um, there's, there's guys out there that'll say, you know, that you don't need, you don't need as much sleep as you need and that kind of stuff. But, you know, you gotta be mentally sharp too. And, and I think that, you know, I want to be prepared. I, I tell, I tell all my guys, uh, you know, I tell the guys, the team members at Victory Outdoors, and, and I tell a lot of people that I talk to at my seminars and that kind of stuff, I say, you know, I want to be mentally prepared to kill that 200-inch deer every single time I go. Otherwise, why am I getting up and going and sitting in the tree stand in the first place? If I'm not mentally prepared and physically prepared to, to make that shot, then why am I in the tree stand? And have I even killed a 170-inch deer? Well, we just talked about that. No, I haven't. Um, but I know hunting the farms that I'm hunting and hunting in the state that I'm hunting, that that opportunity could present itself at any time. And, you know, people talk about luck. I mean, I, I remember filling turkey tags like, you know, every single year uh, when I first started turkey hunting and everybody told me how lucky I was. And I was like, yeah, you know, okay. But there was a lot of preparation that went into it. And so luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. And so if you're prepared and the opportunity presents itself and you capitalize on that opportunity, well, there, you found your luck. But there's a lot of work that went into that. It wasn't just, you weren't just lucky. You put in the time, you put in the effort, and then you have something to show for it at the end. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out. It doesn't mean you're going to be success, successful 100% of the time just because you're prepared. I mean, um, you know, I think we've all missed deer, right? Um, yeah. I, I know I missed a, I missed a 170-inch deer this year. Um, I know a lot of times we don't like to talk about our misses. We don't like to talk about our failures. But uh, I absolutely. Um, and, and it was a long shot. Um, but I had a clear opening and that kind of stuff. It was a beautiful shot too. I was just like watching it. I like watching the video over and over again, just watching that arrow arc in there. And it's like, you know what, you know, the mistake I made, the mistake that I made was a hundred percent, um, not trusting the range. I knew in my heart that it was a 50 yard shot. And I was like, Oh, but what if he ducks the string? I better hold it, you know, low. So I shot low expecting him to duck, and he did. But what I didn't really realize is it was a 55-yard shot. The deer had moved a little further out than I thought since the last time I had ranged him. And if I would have held that 50-yard pin true, he'd have dropped right into that, and he'd have been a dead deer. But I didn't. It was a mistake. I learned from it, but it was still an awesome experience. Like that, it was an all-day hunt. I'd been out there since sunup 
and it was at last light that I finally got an opportunity to that deer and I had seen him since 11 a.m. off and on with a doe about 80 yards from my stand and it was a phenomenal experience like I wouldn't trade it even though it ended in a miss I still wouldn't trade it for the world it was it was still an awesome experience um, yeah, would I like to kill that deer yeah absolutely it would have been my personal best um, but it didn't happen it didn't work out that way um, but uh, I still was blessed with the opportunity and I just didn't capitalize on it. So yeah. um, anyway, guys, uh, you know, what, what else do you guys got coming up here um, in the next couple of days uh, or, or a week or so uh, that you guys are looking forward to? Um, you know, basically just work um, during the week. And then anytime we get free, I'll be out shed hunting. You know, I take advantage of any time I get there to see what's coming up this season. And, uh, you know, just to touch back real quick on success, Kurt, that you were saying, um, you know, not everyone's successful every year, and I can actually speak for that because I've actually not killed anything with my bow in the last two years. Um, I've been chasing some really big deer, um, got history with them all. And you know, when you get past that five-year-old mark, those bucks are old and smart for a reason, you know, and it, it's, it's a challenge to try to outsmart that deer. And, uh, you know, but also at the end of the day, yes, does it get frustrating? Yes, does it get tiring? I, I could probably say in the last two seasons of bow hunting, I've probably spent a total of 60 days, that's 30 of each season of every day hunting. And was I exhausted and worn out? Yes. You know, the negativity starts to set in and stuff and we lift ourselves up as team members. But also going out and telling the story of how the season went and then also how the encounters that you have and then the shed season, you know, there's a lot of positives of things as well. You know, and I'm one of those guys, I'm looking for one of those bigger deer to break my big mark you know and i you know i think that time's going to come and not like you said kurt we put on all the preparation and everything to make sure that we don't make those simple mistakes um but you know all we can do is just have patience and do what we can and do what we know in preparation and put in what time we can put in to be successful so yeah i'm pretty excited about this year you know it's funny that you guys go back about mountain deer and stuff i think i'm going to start mounting like the first spike i kill this year with my bow you know because I'm pretty pumped about just killing something with my bow, even a doe. I mean, I, you know, it's one of those things I think Ian Sparks is on the same level with me. It's just, we've, yep. we've, it's not that we've not been successful, but you know, we really work hard to be successful in the archery side of things. We put all of our time in the archery side of things and, you know, we're after some big deer and it's just, it's a trial and tribulation when it comes to those big deer. And, you know, sometimes we don't end up on the good, the positive side of things. And, you know, we're both okay with that, but you know, hopefully this year we'll both change our luck a little bit. And, you know, sometimes I'm wondering about a hunter. I get too involved in a deer. You know, 180 plus deer is a monarch of an Iowa whitetail. Um, it's, it's, it's a huge deer. And sometimes I let these 160s that are really good deer, 170s go by, which is a true trophy in anybody's eye, even my own eye. You know, and I'm, I'm wondering if I just kind of, you know, if that opportunity presents myself, awesome. But if it doesn't, you know, be proud of what you do have and be proud of what you can take on that farm. Um, you know, so I'm going to probably set my tone back a little bit, just enjoy myself more in the outdoors and, and enjoy my, myself more in the tree stand instead of just constantly, you know, draining myself emotionally and physically on just one deer, you know, and go back to the, the main things of just enjoying wildlife, you know? So that's one thing I'm going to, I told myself this year that I'm going to change is just, you know, we all started this for one reason. We love the outdoors. We love doing it maybe get out of 
always having to kill booners every year because you know that's that's not the typical case you know so that if that presents itself awesome but also yeah. be proud of what you are seeing you know and be proud yeah, of what you even can. even in iowa like yeah. i mean it's not a given that you're going to kill a booner i mean every year now can you kill 140 inch deer every year in iowa with archery equipment um if you know more than likely you're going to have an opportunity at 140 inch deer um but it might be a three-year-old um but uh i mean maybe not everybody does but i mean i feel like uh going back as far as i can remember i had at least you know some good encounters with with deer in that caliber of range but yeah. uh i mean i was definitely you know the, the land of giants for a reason yeah uh, yeah ian what do you got to add on that yeah i mean i was gonna say first of all I am in the same boat as Dennis is yeah, I'm on a two or three year dry, dry spell of my bow as well right now. Not saying I haven't had encounters of great deer as well. Uh, but you know, something I take pride in is, you know, a lot of the farms I hunt where I kill my big deer are really small tracks. Mm -hmm. Um, and I spent the last two seasons really focusing on a five acre piece. And even though it's five acres, I'm chasing 180, 190 inch deer on it. Yep. And, um, you know, I had an encounter, uh, some encounters, uh, five encounters with him this year and couldn't get it done. You know, and you would think encountering a deer that big that many times, I'd get it done. But with a bow uh, and only five acres to work with, you know, uh, I, you know, I'm still putting the puzzle pieces together. And hopefully that story's not over yet. Hopefully he's still alive. Uh, but he always disappears gun season. Uh, but I'm hoping, you know, uh, to really you know, utilize the ground the best I can to make, you know, once again, preparation, you know, to make a, an opportunity to make, you know, create success here. Uh, but, you know, I also want to bring up the point that, yes, Dennis, all, I mean, all of us, we love shooting a big deer no matter what. But the one thing I want people to know is we go out and we definitely lay down some does every year. Uh, <laughs> I just went tonight and picked up some snack sticks uh, myself. And, you know, we, we, we have we live off of ground deer. My wife, believe it or not, she does not prefer ground beef. Like she, she doesn't, we bought a quarter beef this last year and we haven't eaten hardly any of the beef. So we donated it to a family, a family friend of ours. Um, and then, you know, deer though, we just absolutely, all of our tacos, everything we make is deer meat. And, uh, this year, you know, we, we, we literally just put an entire deer into stew meat. Um, even the back straps on some of them sounds stupid, but just because we eat so much of it, you know, um, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's one thing I want people to know, you know, it, it, we manage our properties, not just for big deer, but, um, you know, just the health of the herd and stuff, helping keep uh, the population in check and whatnot. And, you know, I don't know how, about you guys, but there's, there's still some farmers out there that I, that I hunt on. They're like, kill them all, you know, cause yeah. They're doing a number on some of the crop, this, this crop fields. Yeah. That's one thing I yeah, really focused it, on this year was yeah. was actually doe numbers. Um, you know, that's something I never really focused on just because I was always after a big buck. And I was always the type of guy that I didn't want to stink up anything when I'm after that deer. And um, this year, I just, you know, towards the end of the season, I just said, hey, you know, I'm going to forget about the bucks and I'm going to go do some numbers because my doe and buck ratio was just way off and we could tell by the numbers on the reveals and stuff of the camera photos we were getting. So, no, that's that's a good point, Ian, of, you know, you know, going out, taking some does out, getting some snacks and stuff like that. I've also got a lot of freezer. I got a freezer full of a bunch of snack sticks and salami and all that stuff and I'm really enjoying it right now. So, 
No, that's one rewarding thing that I did do this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I for for a long time, um, yeah, my family's absolutely been raised on on deer meat. I mean, and yeah, we don't same same thing as you, Ian. We don't have any uh, hamburger. It's all deer burger. Um, I my my our favorite mix is um, it's ninety percent deer, ten percent beef tallow. Um, and so that gives really good flavor to the deer. Um, deer, you know, basically with, when, when it's like that, the only way you can tell is it's a little drier. Um, so that's, that's kind of the way that works. Yeah. Um, it's a lot less lean and stuff too, which is, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, okay. and, or yeah. And so you can actually, uh, um, I mean, we make chili with it. Uh, we did, we yeah. had, we had a uh, deer roast tonight is, you, you know, make a carrots. Uh, mm. uh, I know. <laughs> yeah. And it was good, man. Cooked it for <laughs> cooked it for twelve hours, man. I, I started it this morning, left for work, um, and then you're uh, making me hungry. Yeah, it was it was perfect. I got a it six pack perfect. of Michelob Michelob Ultra Light in me, and no food right now. I'm pretty hungry. Yeah, yeah I bet. <laughs> I bet. Um, yeah. yeah, we we see we. Uh, I don't know, but it, so you're saying you do ninety ten? We do. Uh, uh, look at my wife's family. Actually, we actually do fifty fifty with with pork uh, pork butts. Yeah, so we mix. Good. You know, it, yeah. So I mean, it it's it's a great mixture. I mean, like I said, we use it for absolutely everything, even our own deer burgers, um, chili, so, like you said, tacos, the whole nine yards. So yeah, like we'll do the same thing from the standpoint of we'll take ground um, pork mm-hmm. and mix that fifty fifty with that that deer 10% beef tallow in it uh especially when we want to make burgers on the grill um because uh if you make a burger with that 90 10 um it'll just fall apart (laughs) like it'll just crumble and fall apart because there's not enough fat to hold that together um and so yeah i'll mix it with that pork hold it together and it ends up being awesome um but uh but yeah um well do you ever do have you done like kebabs and stuff like that before it's just uh, random thought. I, I had with our with our uh, yeah. cube. You know, we do a lot of stew meat and stuff. You know, and yep. uh, you know, I've done stir fries and stuff like that with it. Um, I'm always looking for creative ways to. Yeah, I bet you know, that'd to, be good. To, oh yeah, I bet, dude. I bet you marinate some of those suckers, and maybe that's yeah. what we'll do. One of these victory team meetings, we'll have to marinate some uh, uh, some cubed deer meat and make some yeah. kebabs. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I know it's like. You talk about kebabs. That's like Natalie's favorite when it comes to uh, uh, my my stepdaughter. She she uh, cooked up her first turkey that she killed, um, and we you know she helped cut. We cut up the turkey for, her, but then she helped put those kebabs together, and then I put them. I threw them on the grill, uh, charcoal grill. We grilled them all up, brought them up, and you know she loved it. She just absolutely loved that wild turkey that way. And and honestly, the cool thing about it was is. You know, wild turkey. A lot of times, people talk about it being too dry, and and that it's you know it's not like the butterball you buy at the store and all that kind of stuff. But man, made it you know cooking it that way and having it on kebabs was absolutely amazing. But yeah, we we definitely are those those outdoorsmen that like to eat uh, what we're killing out there. Um, and and yeah, I mean we're feeding our families with it. Um, that's absolutely the truth. Um, well, guys. Uh, we're coming up close to an hour, maybe not quite an hour, but uh, not bad for uh, episode one of the podcast. Um, uh, you know, we're just 
we're just touching off the tip of the iceberg here. We're gonna we're gonna continue to dive into things. We'll hopefully get some of our sponsors on. Um, maybe break some news on on some of their new products coming out and that kind of stuff. Um, but man, we're we're excited. Um, you know, we we work with a lot of great companies. Um, you know that 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 they support what we do. Um, you know they uh, make it possible to be quite honest. Um, so uh, you know we, we we couldn't do it without them. Um, and so we are certainly excited to to be off and running in twenty twenty three with this podcast. And uh, just gonna hope that you guys come back and, and check in with us. Um, you know, uh, and, and hopefully follow this podca- podcast. Hopefully you guys find it uh, not only entertaining, but uh, educational as well. Because really, I mean, Victory Outdoors was founded on that. Like, we want to be able to share our stories, but we want to do it in a way that helps uh, people uh, learn from it. And, and you know, here's the thing. We learn every day. Like, uh, you know, we I learn new stuff about turkey hunting, about turkey calling, and some people, you know, I mean, I, I do seminars on it, but I'm not above learning something from somebody who's in my seminar audience. Like, they might teach me something. Um, and you know what that means? It means I might be more successful, you know? So, like, I, I'm never, I, I made it a point uh, when I got into this to never be so proud that we could never learn. Um, but, but, by saying that, you know, we also want to be there to teach the next generation, whether that's our kids or whether it's somebody else's kids or whether it's, uh, you know, an adult that we just happen to know, a neighbor or something like that, you know. Um, you know, I, I took my dad on his first ever hunt. My dad wasn't into hunting. Uh, I took him out hunting, um, which was cool. I mean, my grandfathers took me hunting, but I was able to take my dad and have that first experience with him uh, to get him his first turkey. Uh, so, I mean, you know, it's all about introducing uh, new hunters, no matter what the age is. And that's what we're trying to do here at Victory Outdoors is bring our stories in a format, whether it's video or whether it's a podcast. And that's to bring it to you guys so that you can get both a little entertainment as well as uh, maybe a little education. Um, and, and we're going to be learning right there along with you. So with that, uh, thanks for joining us uh, today and we will talk to you soon.